welcome once again, art lovers, to another edition of the Sight and Insight podcast. I uh, hope you're having a good day. Uh, we're going to be talking about the artist Jane Peterson uh, whilst we uh, sip our coffee and look out and admire the blue sky that's coming. And hopefully David and Connie will be inspired to go out and create their own beautiful painting after we've talked about Jane. I think she's a fascinating artist. Um, we included some of her paintings in the show Strokes of Genius, Women Artists of New England that was hosted by Rockport Art Association and Museum a couple of years ago. And one of the things that I noticed when we were gathering the paintings and that many people commented on uh, during the show was how different uh, an effect she could get with her painting. We had four pieces of hers in the show and everyone was different. So if you didn't know they were Petersons, you would think they were by four different artists. And she's one of the few people, male or female, that I've seen who can do that. So she's a very interesting uh, subject for our conversation. Uh, and before I turn it over to uh, get the artistic opinions of uh, Connie and David, uh, just give you a bit of background on Jane Peterson because uh, I think she's one of those unusual women. Um, she was born in 1876 in Illinois and she was actually christened Jenny Christine Peterson but she changed her name in 1909 to Jane. It doesn't say why, she just did. So I thought that was interesting. I always like to know a little bit about the background of an artist as to why they perhaps make certain decisions in life. Uh, she was encouraged by her parents to, uh, to pursue an artistic career which I think is... Uh, unusual most parents probably would not be wanting to encourage never mind financially uh, support a daughter who wanted to do art professionally uh, but uh, she did uh, go to the Pratt Institute in New York while she was there she was studying with Arthur Wesley Dow who was the artist in Ipswich who used to do the Blue Dragon series of paintings uh, and he had a very distinct style himself very flat um, you know, interesting colour. And I can see some of that in, in Jane Peterson's work as well. I think she took something from everybody she studied with. Uh, and she had some great teachers. She, uh, she studied in uh, New York at the Art Students League with Frank Vincent Demand. Uh, and eventually uh, began teaching watercolour at the Art Students League and became the drawing supervisor of the Brooklyn Public Schools. Interesting how many women went into teaching, but went into teaching in the public schools. It was obviously a way of making a living and still being keeping their interest in art. Uh, she did do the, uh, the Grand European Tour to extend her art education, and she studied with Frank Brangwyn in Venice and London, Joaquin Soroya in Madrid, and then Jacques Blanche and Andrew Lode in Paris. Uh, I think... Um, from those, I, I definitely see Soroya-like work in uh, some of her paintings. Uh, apparently, he used to get her to do a painting, and then as she was working, he made her work very quickly to get those first impressions, and she would do these small pieces. Uh, okay, you finish, start another one, get that quick effect of light. That was the whole idea. Uh, and you can certainly see um, some of those Soroya-like strokes in there. So she was in Paris at the time that... Um, Impressionism was coming out and Fauvism, Expressionism. She was there in the centre of the art world at that time and, uh, and with all the artists, you know, Picasso, Matisse and Cezanne, Monet. 
Um, I'm glad that she followed Soraya to some extent in, in her painting, but she certainly was surrounded by all these different influences and, and incorporated them into her own work. Um, I think uh, one, one critic said in 1910, Peterson's lines, colours and designs were not as autonomous as the Impressionists had been. And she developed works which showed more self-awareness and emotional expression, which I think is, is the right thing. All artists should be working from, from their own inner core when they're, when they're doing things. Uh, she was a good friend of um, Maurice Prendergast. She travelled across America with uh, Louis Tiffany, and she spent a lot of time painting in Gloucester. Uh, some of those Gloucester paintings are fabulous. I think those are some of her best pieces. The colour and the chroma is, is fabulous. However, that's enough for me. I'm sure you're sick of listening to me rambling on. So let's go over to... Uh, who wants to take... OK, let's go to David first. And uh, what... Uh, did you meet Jane Peterson? Well, I didn't meet her. I was a little boy. <laughs> My dad was associated with the Nostra Art Association... And I think um, he would, you know, cart me around to these art associations. I think it was a board meeting, and I was sit, sat in the back, and um, um, I, they were reading the treasurer's report, and I think um, this uh, elderly woman in the first row started asking a lot of questions about the figures and the numbers, which my father was the treasurer, so I was paying attention to what she was, the questions she was asking. But um, she was a very earned member, I think it was 1963, 62, something like that. Um, uh, in those days, uh, you know, obviously an elderly woman. But um, I think also, too, I became um, more aware of her work when the North Shore, many years after, had a, uh, a little retrospective show, maybe 30 or 40 paintings in the upper gallery of Jane Peterson's. It's a shame, probably, there's no catalog to survive, like a lot of exhibits that uh, have taken place in the 50s, 60s, 70s. It's kind of a shame that we don't have catalogs. Uh, and I know now when we do these retrospective shows, uh, Judy, you're responsible for a lot of the catalogs being done on these artists. And I think it's a vital importance to catalog these works. Well, it's, it's much easier to do them now. You can do them economically, whereas prior to this, everything had to be... Uh, done and it was an expensive method of, of of printing but most people don't want to know much about the artist they just want to see pictures from the exhibition so they can remember them right. and that's okay too but to me when I look at a, a, any kind of painting I'm always interested in what goes on behind what, well, what makes I, an, uh, an artist choose some of his decisions I agree decisions. and when you read off yeah. all, uh, all of her instructors yeah um, she was very well she trained she was very she had some great instructors and they were very contemporary instructors meaning that they they had accepted the idea of uh, tra uh, you know impressionism was relatively new at the time she was seeing these people mm -hmm. Arthur Dao really stressed the idea that sort of the, the Notan was his book mm -hmm. um, um, uh, the gentleman who went up to uh, forgot his name you mentioned his name at Students League oh Frank Demond Frank Vincent yeah. Demond was one of the great teachers really uh, really taught the basics mm -hmm and did a summer landscape painting course in Vermont uh, for the Art Students League. And then Soroya, to be influenced by Soroya. <laughs> and know, you really amazing. see it in her color. Yeah. And I can't think of anybody who ep epitomizes 
when I look at a Soroyer and look at any other painter who might have said, mm-hmm. I really champion Soroyer, and I see people today, but she really understood the color aspect yeah. of what Soroyer was seeing out of doors. Mm-hmm. And I think Soroyer is one person that says, you know, you have to, you know, a studio is a good place to park your car, but mm-hmm. it's uh, if you want to paint. And he even did portraits out of doors in bright sunlight. Yeah. Uh, because I think his interpretation of light, uh, I mean, color represents light, I guess, to him. And mm-hmm. Jane really, when you see her work, they're so much alive uh, with an understanding of color. Uh, and then she's obviously been influenced by Dow to think about designs because. Her paintings are always unique in design. She's never yeah, formulaic, you know. Yeah, and very original. Um, I think I think one of the things that strikes me so much about Jane Peterson is her variety of style. You yes. know, when I saw Strokes of Genius, uh, the exhibit at, at Rockport Art Association and Museum, um, her her styles were so vastly different and. Yet I think she has a boldness and a courageous oh, yeah. um, personality to mm-hmm. say, I'm going to paint this and I'm going to paint it however I want to paint it mm-hmm. uh, because I'm exploring my uh, self-expression. Yeah. You know, and, um, and uh, I felt like, I, I still feel that I can, I can learn so much from her, from the color notes that David was referring to, and in particular, I think her design elements um, create something where the eye uh, rests nicely in the painting, that you look at a piece and you're not distracted by it. Yeah, no, I, it is, I think she was, um, she stands out amongst the women of the art, uh, artists of, of her day. And there were some very good ones. I know today, women artists still have to struggle to perhaps gain the exposure or the same level of acceptance as the men do. But I don't know whether... Sometimes I get the feeling that that's because women expect that. Uh, And maybe I shouldn't say that. But the women of yesteryear, we're going back to the early 1900s, it didn't stop them travelling around showing the one... Some of them did very, very well indeed. And I know... Uh, it's hard and women were expected to be able to paint it was supposed to be um, just something a skill that they learned like doing embroidery or whatever it was something that they could do it was genteel but they weren't supposed to make a living at it Mm. Uh, whereas some of the great women artists of course did go out and support themselves you know very well with it and in the case of somebody like Marguerite Pearson she was supporting her family as well during the depression and making a good living at it at the time so um, it's. I think it's one of those things where some some women made it and perhaps some didn't. But yeah. if they were determined enough, I think they did. But Jane Peterson travelled all over, particularly to Constantinople and Morocco, Tunisia. Wow. I think it's amazing. In this day and age, I don't think women could easily go to those places and stand in the streets and the squares and, and paint the local populace. Yeah. I think Plus, it would be very difficult. Very I was thinking about how does she get that back to the United States, the original piece. I mean, well, I would those have used to be those... a little bit more of a challenge. Nowadays, they have all sorts of little ways to to transport wet paintings and well, things maybe like she, that. Yeah, I think they'd probably just have to dry them off and then yeah. create them and ship them. 
But yeah. I don't know. What do you think, David? <laughs> no, I, I think, uh, to go back to what you were saying, no, I, I don't think women had a fair shot at wanting to be pioneers. Uh, I mean, we can go back in the past and see the history of uh, women artists, and uh, mm-hmm. you probably start with the 18th century, and we're not going way, way back into time. Maybe there was the, you know, maybe in, you know, ancient Egypt or Greece, maybe there were some women who were picked uh, and choose uh, to to do great things, but relative, relatively recent, you know. Um, I think I think it's a shame that women didn't have a fair shot at going to art schools and things like that. I think even in some of the French academies, there was a separation between, uh, and I think it was be I think there were laws against you know like women going in and drawing a male nude. Yeah, they weren't allowed or, to do that. Um, men, but men could go in and draw male no, nudes women. and female. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, there were little odd things that were cropped up like that. But um, certainly when you when you champion, we talked, I think, earlier this spring about Gertrude Fisk. So if we just had a subtle comparison between, say, Jane Peterson and Gertrude Fisk, Mm-hmm. Uh, Technique-wise, they're both very successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, both rose to the top of their profession, I think, with right. technique. I agree. Uh, I think, though, Jane has flavored her paintings with what you were talking about, with her travels. Yeah. Uh, I... And she seems a more uh, outgoing, more open-ended, open-minded. I don't know. There's a quality in her work that looks very free and... Yeah. Uh, um, not held to confines mm-hmm. of culture or the day of or that sort of thing. I think you mentioned um, in the, the women artist show that Rockport had, Connie, yeah. that there were three Jane Petersons, and they you would never different. know. They were all different. Yeah. And and whereas if you look at sometimes a, an, a male artist, I think their whole idea is to produce another one just like the last one. Because they believe it's really good, and they they believe that that is their the consistency of that quality is important. Whereas I think women were more, huh? I think I'll try that. I think I'll try this, and I think they were more exploratory, mm. uh, especially that turn of the century. And I'm thinking of Jane Peterson. I think Gertrude Fisk was obviously exploring yeah. from Boston School to Wood Charles Woodbury. Um, I think it's that that challenge. And as a teacher for 25 years. My lady students are more likely to, um, I think, find success uh, mm-hmm. with the simple ideas of color and design than the guys want to have it look like the object. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to draw it better. Whereas I think the ladies interpret every, like, for instance, if I go out today and draw a tree, or am I going to go out today and say, there's a yellow gold note, there's an orange note, there's a purple note. And that's probably a more efficient way of going about it than to be literal. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think you see that in Jane Peterson's work, mm-hmm. much more so than than in perhaps some other people, um, like Arthur Dow. Mm-hmm. I don't see it even in his work right. as much as as Jane's work is 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 color note uh almost first mm-hmm. if if you were really to analyze it. Yeah, she yeah. didn't seem to worry about her drawing. No. Very accomplished in all the art forms, yeah. too. Well, it's interesting. And I think she's, the, isn't the, she very successful at auction? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, I was looking at one piece, uh, and it was a piece of Gloucester 
from uh, you know the hill behind where the Red Cottage would be on East Main Street, I think, looking out over the harbour. Uh, and it went like $161,000, right. which um, isn't, isn't bad. You mean a current auction? <laughs> yeah. um, I'm, to yeah. be honest, I'm not sure what the date was of the auction, but even if it was a... But geez, if it was a couple of years it's ago, amazing. That's a lot it's amazing. It's amazing. To be honest with you, if anyone's smart and looking for investments, mm -hmm. there are a lot of good, very, very good, great women artists who are lesser known from mm -hmm. this era uh, when they got good training um, that you should invest in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're fortunate. Judy's holding right now. We're fortunate enough to have okay, the James. I'm holding Peterson. it up for our viewers to see. Okay. Yep. You get a good look. The James Peterson <laughs> book. Uh, right, by Jonathan, jo Jonathan Joseph, and I knew Jonathan, a uh, big collector of Jane Peterson's work and wanted to promote, and um, uh, he had a great collection. I don't know what happened to his collection, whether he sold it off or mm -hmm. left it to a museum. I don't know what happened mm -hmm. to it, but um, that was the show at the Nashara Association was his collection, and he had... 30 to 50 great works of Jane yeah. Peterson. Mm -hmm. Beautiful yeah. pieces. I think, I, I know that the um, the oil paintings have fabulous chroma in them and she was always painting around the docks in Gloucester because there was so much material there and of course a beautiful fishing fleet. But when you look, the cover of this book um, has one of the, I think it's done down on Cape Cod, probably around Edgartown or somewhere like that. Mm. Uh, and it's gouache and charcoal. Mm. And it's just fascinating. We had, again, going back to the uh, Strokes of Genius show, we had a piece in there. And it's so different to the oil paintings because it shows, you know, the, the figures sort of have a shoelace around them, mm. which I don't know if that's mm. the charcoal bit. And then she just fills in. I don't know what her technique was for that. But they're so different to the other types of work that she did mm -hmm. in oils where obviously you have more sort of the lost and found edges. I think it's fascinating how she has these different styles for uh, maybe that's why she does them because it's a different medium. I, I think I think yeah. that's true. I think when you paint in a flat style, I mean, you can go all the way back to um, mural painters of the Renaissance and that flat style, especially with the dark outline wrapped around things, was a common idea of decorative painting. Um, to paint it flat. And of course, it's a lot easier to read uh, something big at a distance if the uh, all the tones are flat and not too modeled, Yeah. Uh, the forms. So in her case, I think it was also, it's an easier way of uh, showing the design of something to somebody else, uh, the viewer, first of all, probably to yourself. Um, but it's, the, it's understanding the design. So by flattening everything out, you really read the design of what you have. Yeah, it, and, it, it's an interesting uh, And I think quality. she did it deliberately, probably through the Tao thinking mm -hmm. um, of flattening out her and then pop the color because it was the color in her mind that turned the form and did all the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but she had to have it in the right place. And I yeah. think the designing of, um, of her using that uh, sort of gouache and charcoal Really, uh, it, it does look like a little bit like Dow, you know. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, uh, and again, just glancing through, refreshing my memory in in this book, I've just come across one called Market Yugoslavia, circa nineteen twenty two. To to think that she was travelling through Yugoslavia shortly after World War One, less than a decade after World right. War One, I, I think is amazing that she could be out there just painting in the streets and as far as I know she had to travel on her own uh, I just think it's she must have been a very 
uh, strong-willed mm-hmm. um, person who was determined to do what she wanted to do and go where she wanted to go. She married late in life. It was interesting. She married in, uh, let's see, 1925, uh, Bernard Philippe, who was a the widow of a, a late friend of hers, I believe. Um, he died four years later. Uh, and then 10 years later, she married a second husband uh, and they divorced within the year. And then she remained single until she died in 1965. So she was obviously mm-hmm. a woman who liked to do her own thing and be on her mm-hmm. own and be independent mm-hmm. and make her own choices. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, it's sad that a woman has to make that choice to be a great artist rather than mm. have the a domestic side with family. Anyway, it's, uh, we've come to the end of uh, another uh, conversation. So thank you, Connie and David, and thank you for listening. Thank you, Judy. Oh, you're very welcome. (laughs) Uh, And uh, we hope you'll join us next week when uh, we're probably going to be talking about an effect of light because uh, as an artist, particularly painting out of doors rather than in the studio, uh, you're always looking for that fleeting effect of light. Because if you're painting in the studio, you still have to have a good lighting effect, but you can control it a bit more. Mm. However, I'm beginning to babble, so it's time for another cup of coffee. So I'll say thank you, uh, goodbye, and hope to uh, have you join us next week. Bye.